Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts, Melanin Edition. Thanks for tuning in with me. Uh, We're going to be celebrating Women's History Month for the whole month of March. I have some amazing guests coming on for the month of March. Um, Some amazing black women coming on to talk about various topics. Um, And today, starting off the month, um, is going to be one of my dear friends who I have known I I, I forgot I didn't I I can't I didn't lost count how many years I've known her but we started out in a gospel group together like literally she responded to a Craigslist ad and I never thought from a Craigslist ad will we be friends all these years later um it's my dear friend Banika Miller hey Banika hey boo Oh, who How are you doing? I'm doing good. Well, I call her Bonakia. <laughs> you do. <laughs> that's my that's my Bonakia. But hey, boo, I'm so happy to have you here. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I've as I say, like uh, like I said, I've known Vanika for a while. We were singing together, and um, I think she just. I think her and I clicked so well in the group probably because we were the, sometimes it felt like we were the only adults in the room. Um, and <laughs> some, no shade, no shade vessel, you know, you were dope. Um, but, you know, I feel like, you know, when it came to the business aspect of, you know, being in that group, I feel like Banika was the best person that understood why I cared so much about the business aspect um, because you know she's a businesswoman, like she does it professionally in her professional career, so she gets it when the dollars don't make sense. She gets it, so I that's think, right. and I think that that's why I was able to connect with her. But I didn't know she was a fool, like a whole ass fool outside <laughs> of the group. And I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna like her. <laughs> I mean, a whole fool. Well, I mean, you were the first person that, that I connected with. Um, so, I mean, it was that initial bond. And then, I mean, it just blossomed from there. Yes. Yes, it did. I should play that song right now, but I'm not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's an inside Leave joke. something to the mystery. Leave a mystery. Leave a mystery. Okay. So I brought Banika on here because, as I've stated, um, again, I've known her and I've known her for a while. And through that, our friendship, we I have seen uh, seen and experienced a lot of a lot of the struggles that um, you went through. Um, and you mm-hmm. have now blossomed into um, this amazing woman. I, I always thought you were an amazing um, woman, but you know it's just it's just something that's just it's it's a different it's a confidence that you have now you know um that you know i that i felt you know was missing you know back when i first met you um and i think that now to see you know you're in love now you have a you have a you know you're you're remarried you relocated and it's just to see how you started over 
it's just amazing because you know a lot of people don't think a lot of people think that once one relationship or one situation ends that there's no hope to start over and you know there's no hope to Mm -hmm. you know fight for um and and you know have something new and you did that and you know I just really wanted to have you on here to talk about that and talk about your strength because I've witnessed a lot and you are a strong ass woman and I definitely you know wanted to allow you to speak um in this space to encourage others to um about you know knowing their own strength um well definitely well first thank you i mean it's definitely been a journey and it's definitely been a struggle um and i know god has me here and allowed me to go through those issues for a reason and i just say that if it's for you know me to go through those struggles in order to help some other woman be able to gain some strength or be encouraged or know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, find some silver lighting, then, I mean, that's what I'm here for. That's, that's fulfilling my purpose. So this was right up my alley. I mean, real talk, it was right up my alley. Great. So let's get into some things. So. All right. So I'm you, ready. so, you know, we, as you know, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself, you know, Toxic relationships is something that I think that, well, I say we all, we all have experienced toxic relationships, and I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. You know, toxic relationships mm-hmm. can stem from family members, friends, you know, coworkers, whomever, you know, um, church people. Hello. So, you know, we, we all, <laughs> we've all experienced those um, toxic relationships. Um, but from a relationship standpoint, sometimes we allow um, those we're in a relationship with to get to get away with a little bit more than we probably would allow a, a co-worker or a friend. Why do you think we do that? And why? And to just give a little backstory on your, you know, past history relationships. Why do you think you did it? Um. Well. Just to speak in general terms, a lot of people are afraid. You know, fear is a hell of a drug. You know, it's hard. It is hard to overcome your fears. You know, as little kids, a lot of us were afraid of the dark, you know, and so we slept with nightlight. But when that nightlight was off, we were too scared to even get up and go to the bathroom. So, I mean, it starts, um, fear starts to really consume us at an early age. So by the time we enter into relationships, you know, it's almost as if it's been ingrained in us. So you find yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable, but you dismiss it. You see red flags that come up and you dismiss it because we're comfortable in toxicity. I can't even say I've got these braces on and I can't talk right, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. You know, we're comfortable in in toxic relationships because that's kind of what a lot of us see. And it's not all of us, but I mean, from our perspective, a lot of people see toxic relationships. We have baby mama drama, baby daddy problems. We have single mother, single mother household, single father household, and we see conflict and turmoil. So I think a lot of people stay in toxic relationships because it's hard and it's, it's scary to leave them and to start over because you just don't know what's, what's, you know, what's on the other side. I know for me, um, and I can only speak from, from my 
personal experience. But the reason I say it is because as a little girl, um, spirituality is something that's really important to me. And pleasing God is something that is really important to me. Um, and so I never wanted to do anything that was displeasing in his sight. And growing up in church, I was told and shown in the Bible that divorce is wrong. And the only way that you leave a marriage is due to infidelity. Um, and this is where it's so important for people to understand the word for themselves and to study for themselves because I was a, a, a vivid church goer. I was there all the time in youth groups and the choir, um, Bible bowls, Bible studies, everything, but I was not learning the word on my own. I was listening and regurgitating what somebody else had interpreted. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? And until I was able to actually dig into the word and interpret what it meant for me, I stayed complacent and I was okay living in a toxic marriage. And that is definitely not the will of God for my life. That is not what he has um, for us. And I had to be okay with that. And once I was okay with leaving, knowing that I wasn't going to displease God, I could do this. Wow. So, um, you know, I'll never forget the our first vessel outing when uh, I'm pretty sure you remember this moment, but you had a, you know, uh, a really bad situation with you and your ex, and you came. You still showed up. You came. You was frazzled as hell, um, but mm-hmm. you you showed up and you know you like you were determined to still, you know, you know, even in that moment of, you know, turmoil and, you know, feeling defeated, you still, you still wanted to not only fulfill your obligation to the, um, the group, but fulfill your obligation to God and the commitment that you made to mm-hmm. the group. And I, you know, it's like, I, and, you know, we, we didn't know you yet, you know, we didn't really know you yet from, you know, just rehearsing and what well, actually wasn't the first, our first outing. It was like our second outing or mm-hmm. something like, or, or, no it, it was your first it was your first outing with us so i'm sorry so you know because yeah, i missed the first one right yeah because you were so booked and busy child she was just booked y'all she had she was in three different groups she had all like she, <laughs> she was just so booked I'm, i can't i couldn't take her but whatever but you know and you my just, ministry. yes <laughs> And you were just, you were just so determined, you know, to still fulfill your obligation to yourself and to us. And, you know, that was, you know, the moment I, you know, I, I saw strength in you in that moment, but I also, um, you know, saw someone who I also saw, you know, that saw like a cry for help, um, as well, but you know, me not really knowing you that well yet. I just thought like, it ain't my place. I might, you know, to really get into it. But I just, you know, I, I always felt like you were itching to just be something else or like to like come out of a like, you know, just break free. I feel like you just wanted to break free, but there was just something that was holding you back. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I hadn't yet gotten to a place where I could um, 
be free. And I was still fighting. Um, my ex was extremely controlling. And I took my obligations um, and my commitments very seriously. And if I said I was going to be somewhere, I was going to be there unless, you know, uh, Lord said otherwise. And I was determined to be where I said I was going to be. I didn't want to let my group down. I didn't want to let down the people who uh, we were ministering to, you know, because that's what is driving me. You know, I, a lot of times I'm always saying, you know, how do I continue to minister and pour out of an empty vessel? Mm. Because I was empty. I was just, I was really, really empty. Um, but the call on my life is so much bigger than me that God poured into me so that I could pour out to his followers. You know, I, I had nothing to give. And I always found something to give to the people of God, even when I was at my lowest. So, no, you guys didn't know what was really going on. And I was really trying uh, to mask it. You know, nobody wants to be the problem child. And nobody wants to be the person that, uh, you know, the Debbie Downer. Um, and I definitely didn't want to play that role. And you guys are younger than me. So I, I was supposed to have it together. I wasn't supposed to be the person that um, was all frazzled and dazzled. I was supposed to be the big sister. And sometimes I just, I couldn't. Um, but I didn't want to, I didn't know I couldn't. <laughs> right. But uh, it was a struggle. It was really hard to do. Um, but that's just how, that's just how awesome the power of God is. And, and I know that we're talking about Women's Month and, you know, but women are so resilient. And, you know, and to me, it's just, it, it goes hand in hand with, um, with my spirituality because if you look in, in the Bible there are a lot of men in the Bible that God used but God used a ton of women uh -huh. and he built on the strength of women I mean he used a woman to give birth to the world he used a woman to give birth to, to Jesus I mean just the resilience and the strength of women is so profound um it was profound in biblical days, and it's profound now. And that's where I pull my strength, even when I feel like I have nothing left. Amen. Yes. Um, so just moving on from um, to our next topic, you know, um, as we, we, we talked about, you know, toxic relationships and, you know, why we stay, why we, you know, hang on and stick around for so long. I think a, um, a lot of black women, you know, do that, um, especially, you know, um, for, you know, the family, you know, you have a son, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of people, a lot, especially I think, you know, I think the dynamic is um different because I, I you know I also did an interview with someone who also you know did the same thing and you know I think that when there's a, a, a anytime there's a child involved there's always that thought in your head you know you know if you're if you leave is it better for them you know is it better for you mm -hmm. you know you you kind of put yourself on the back burner of what is best for mommy because you really want to think of yeah. what what's best for the child, especially when there's a son and wanting the son to have, you know, his father and male influence in, your, in their life. 
So what was that struggle like for you of trying to determine, you know, what to do? Well, I am um, a product of a broken family. My parents divorced when I was nine. I am the oldest of three. My mother has two children, me and my sister. Um, And my father has three, me, my sister, and my brother. And my parents were extremely toxic. Um, They still cannot be in the same room without some level of awkwardness. So, um, yeah, it's... Still to this day. A lot of what drove me um, was my own experiences. And what I did not want my son to experience. Now, I did not want my son to grow up without a father. I, I just didn't. Um, I didn't want to take him from his father. I didn't want to be the reason in his mind why he didn't have a daddy. But it was also my job to protect him. Um, and it's my job to make decisions that protect us in the now and in the future, you know, and I had to do what I had to do. I said eventually um, he would understand why I left, but um, it was hard. It was a hard decision to make because nobody ever wants to take a child from their parents, you know, but if the parent is no good to themselves, they can't be any good to the kids, you know, and do I want him to grow up in a home with two parents who could not get along um, just for the sake of saying that he was in a two-parent home or would I take him into a one-parent home and give him peace and stability? I chose the latter of the two. Do you, um, your son is older now. Um, do you think that any, any of the, um, anything that he saw or heard, um, is uh, have like have you um had a, uh, ever had a conversation with him um about you know some of the things that may have happened that he may have you know heard or saw um that so to try to help to try to break that cycle um because I think that mm-hmm. I, I think you know in our community especially communities of um you know our black community people who are from church homes. Dollar. Mm-hmm. we you know we, we we sweep it under the rug you know we don't have those conversations yeah. and I, we, I think I think our our parents forgot that you know we were smart as kids you know we 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 knew when you know mommy would say you know daddy's working late he ain't working late he just ain't coming home or you know whatever the mm-hmm. case whatever you know whatever the case may be and I and you know your yeah. son is an extremely smart you know um young man so were you, did you, have you had those conversations with him? Or if you haven't, is that something that you plan on doing? Um, well, I definitely talked to my son. Um, I was raised in a very um, open and uh, honest family. Some people would say that we were um, too blunt, but that's just how I was raised and that's how I raised my son. I've talked to, I started talking to my son. Um, since, you know, before he was even here, you know, I was dealing with toxic stuff before, you know, my son was even born. I, so I would talk to him in the womb. And I, I mean, I would just rub my stomach and, 
you know, tell him that I'm protecting him and I love him. And I never stopped. So David and I have had conversations about the abuse. We've had conversations about the violence. We've had conversations about everything, um, especially when he was younger, because he witnessed a lot of it. Like he had a front row seat to a lot of the drama. Um, honestly, Jaden is the reason that I'm not in jail and that his father is dead because um, I had moved on and tried to continue to do what I needed to do. And his father um, attacked me. And I had told myself that nobody was ever going to um, attack me the way that he did. I was never going to be abused again. And he came after me and I almost killed him with a knife from my kitchen. And the only thing that stopped me was my son. So it was very important to me to talk to my son and to have my son talk to professionals because I did not want what he witnessed to be his reality. Um, and I started seeing his behavior change. You know, um, he was in second and third grade exhibiting a lot of aggression towards his female teachers um, because he saw his father exhibit aggression towards me. And I wanted to nip that in the bud immediately. So I never stopped talking to Jaden. Matter of fact, I still talk to Jaden. Wow. I didn't know how open you were going to be, but thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I remember that it was not, it was not pretty. But no. I'm very oh so oh, I'm so proud of you. But we're gonna keep going. Um, so you know, one thing that another thing we don't talk about in our community is, you know, dealing with mental health and mental health awareness, mm -hmm. you know, mental health, you know, um bringing light to it. And you you briefly just discussed how you you know, uh, uh, wanted Jaden to talk to some professionals because, again, you did not want that to be his yeah. reality. You still talk to him. Um, but for you, you know, that, you know, once you because it was it was a it was a journey for you once you actually left your um, first marriage and you were in a space alone. You know, there were you know, you had friends, you know, you had family, but, you know, you were in a space alone taking care of your child how was your mental mm -hmm. health in that moment and what you know like what what triggered what what things started to happen because you, you know what I'm talking about you know there was a transition to where you know your, mm -hmm. your mental health started to become you know more ap apparent to you um well and my mental health actually started being affected before I left the relationship. And I wasn't um, aware of it. You know, it's really taboo for African-Americans to speak about mental health. And so I didn't recognize the changes in my behavior. Um, but I remember packing up to move out of the house um, that I shared with my ex. And I went to pack my bedroom. And I really didn't have um, a lot of items outside of my bedroom furniture in there, but my room was so cluttered. Like, and I didn't realize that what had happened was I had sunk into such a great depression 
that I was literally living amongst garbage. Like, I was living in filth, not because I was dirty, but I was just, it's really hard to explain, but, you know, when you are really depressed, it's just hard to do anything, and all I could do was get out of bed, get my son to school, and push through my eight hours because I knew I had to take care of my child. I would come home. I'd feed him fast food because I didn't even have the energy to cook. Um, and I would drink because that was what was self-medicating me because I had no idea that I had issues uh, with my mental health. Um I ended up losing my job because I didn't, um, I couldn't work. I just stopped going in. Um, I couldn't make it to the appointment. And that triggered me into a, um, that triggered me into a suicide attempt. And I ended up at the ER. And that's what actually started the journey of recognizing and, and healing and repairing my mental health. You know, um, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and I started intensive therapy. And if it had not been for that, honestly, I don't know where I would be because that was the lowest of my lows. So mental health is definitely important. I advocate for everybody to if you know you don't have to see a doctor i know people are like i'm not crazy i'm not crazy and that's fine i mean and it, it's it, you know i'm not crazy either but i do have a chemical imbalance right. that i can't control and i understand that now you know i understand that it's not something i can control and it's not something that i should be ashamed of and i'm not I'm not ashamed to talk about my mental health anymore because it, I don't let it define me. You know, um, I was so deep in depression that the MDD was only masking what my real issue was. I'm actually bipolar. And, well, I was diagnosed with bipolar. I am not bipolar because my illness is not my reality. That's not who I am. I am Benika, right. but I'm Benika and I suffer with bipolar depression. You know, and so I had to get to a point where it's okay to not be okay. And so much, so many times women take care of everybody and we are the last on our totem pole. We are the last person to get any care. We don't have anything to give to ourselves. And, but we're supposed to be so perfect, perfect wives, perfect moms, perfect sisters, perfect friends. And I was failing. I was failing, and I didn't know why I was failing. I, I, I couldn't get a grip on it, you know, and so I'm grateful for the therapist that I had that actually identified what was really going on. Um, I'm thankful for the doctors and the nurses who pushed me beyond the, the brink, you know. They're, I'll never forget, and I know, you know I'm probably long-winded, but I'm sorry. Um, and we can go on to our next topic, but there was this one exercise that I did while um, 
at the hospital while I was doing the assistive therapy. You have to take a handheld mirror and you have to look at yourself and you have to tell yourself three positive, three positive affirmations. And I had avoided that exercise. We did it for three days. I had avoided it for the first two days. I didn't talk, didn't want to do anything because this was um, in a group setting. The third day, I couldn't avoid it anymore. They told me that I had to do it. Hey everyone, it's Daryl from Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Couple questions for you. Do you have a black owned business? Do you want to be a sponsor? Well, you've come to the right place. I have a great podcast, Daryl's Daring Thoughts, that you can sponsor your business on. You can sponsor it for one, two, three episodes or maybe the entire season. So if you want to sponsor your brand on my show, contact me at DarylDaresYou at gmail.com. That's Darryl, D-A-R-O, dares you at gmail.com to learn how you can be heard in multiple countries alongside a celebrity guest through my sponsoring ad package. Can't wait to hear from you. And I cried. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror because my esteem and my confidence was so low that I couldn't even look my own self in the eye. You know, and say three positive things about myself. You know, and it's just, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard for people to reach out to get help because everybody always makes jokes about, oh, somebody's being crazy, they're bipolar. Oh, somebody doing this, or you cuckoo, you loony, you psycho. And, and people are really ashamed to say, I, I need help. So they suffer in silence which is horrible. It's yes. horrible. But I did, you know, I could only get one affirmation out and I cried and I bawled like a big baby. You know, and I promised myself that I was going to put in the work to get better. I didn't care how hard it was or, or how bad it felt. I made a promise because I'm the only parent my son has. Well, now, you know, of course, I've been married. He has two. But at that time, I was the only parent my son had, and I couldn't leave this earth and not have something lined up for my son. So I promised God and told him I would never try to take my life again, that I would get myself together so that I could be the best mother that I could be for my son. Absolutely. That's, that's how my journey began. Absolutely. So, um, wow. So, whew, that 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 was. I'm I'm glad you said that. You you just you know made me speechless because um, I didn't know a lot of this. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's it's you know I got, I think that's when you stopped talking to me for that little brief moment we didn't talk. Yeah, I pulled away from a lot of a lot of friends. You know, because like I told you, I don't want to be that friend that brings everybody down, and I know I was going through so much. But let me speak on that one real quick because I have some amazing friends, you know. And, yes, I had some people who turned away from me uh, because, I, you know, I pulled away. But if you are a true friend to somebody and you really mean what you say when you say you love them and you care about them, when you see that they start to regress 
and you see that they start to isolate, know that there's something going on. And they might not be able to say it out loud. They might not even, they might not want to say it out loud. But if you really care about that person, just show up. Be there. No judgment. No nothing. Don't tell them what to do. Let them be. Let them talk. Sometimes, you know, my friends would just come over and we would just sit. Sometimes we listen to music. Sometimes we cry. You know, um, but I appreciate my real friends who refuse to give up on me because they love me. You know, and I don't think I would have made it with without them. And I know I wouldn't have made it without them because everybody needs a support group. So when you see that friend, don't talk crap about them to your other friends, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. say, oh, I don't know what's wrong with it. She thinks she's too good to come out and too good to hang out with us. She always want to be in the house. Don't call her no way. Show up with a pan of chicken and some fries and, and something from, from JJ's or Harold's or show up with a, a pizza and sit and watch a movie with your friends. You'll probably realize that they're struggling with some things that they don't even understand. They can't vocalize and they feel alone. Yeah. And their friends isolating them makes them feel even worse. And so I'm grateful for the people in my life who did not give up on me. And they saw me pull away and they snatched me back. Mm-hmm. Like, no, wait, you are coming with us. No, girl, you're going to, you know, matter of fact, open your door. I'm here. Go clean the house. You know, clean the kitchen. Wash the dishes. You know, that's what friends do. That's what, Brothers and sisters do. I don't tell people I love them, and I and I don't mean it. Because if I don't mean it, I'm not gonna say it. Right. But if I truly feel like I love somebody, I don't care what they're going through. I don't. You don't have to put on the show for me. You don't need makeup. You don't need your house to be immaculately clean. You don't have. You know. You don't even have had to shower that day. You know what I'm saying? I'm your friend, and I'm gonna be there for you. And that's all I mean. People, I just need people to understand that because I suffered in silence a lot because I was afraid to speak up. You know, I couldn't say anything in church because, you know, oh God, no, you can't be the person being abused in church. You know, that's just, we don't speak about those things. You know, I couldn't speak up at work because, you know, it's work. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about that. You know, no, your friends don't want to hear because now you're impeding on friendships and, you know, he's friends with the husband, so I'm friends with the wife, but I can't say anything to the wife because the wife's going to say something to her husband and it's going to get back to my husband. Right. You know, so you suffer alone and that's not good for anybody. That is true. And now you got my makeup running. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's, that was, I mean, I'm just, yeah, that's important. <laughs> I'm passionate about it because it's you know I lived it, so I understand it. You know, I, I I know what it feels like to be at the bottom. I know what it feels like to be crawling and trying to get your life back on track, and people snatch you back to the bottom. You know, I, I just understand. So it's important for me to try to get other women to know that you have strength. You know, their strength, and, and not just women. You know, I know this is women's love, but not just women. It's men, too. 
You know, because men get abused, and we're not even going to talk about that because that's that's even more taboo than abuse itself. You know, but right. <laughs> there's power inside of you, and you just have to tap in and take it back. Well, speaking of that. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to take over your, I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to follow. Well, speaking of, speaking of taking back your power, someone took back their power because you're now married. And <laughs> how did like when 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 did it tra- when did that like how did that happen? <laughs> you know, with your you know your your husband. Like when did you? Because you know some people don't feel like they can start over. You know they're too traumatized, or you know they start bashing men. All men are the same. You know you ain't gonna be no different. You know how did you? What made you realize that this was going to be different? Um, honestly, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I mean, you never know when you're meeting somebody new, but I put in the work, you know. I didn't, you know, I left my husband, my ex-husband, um, but, be, you know, I had started disconnecting with him before I officially left him. Um, so to me, in my mind, the marriage was already dead. The marriage was dead, and it wasn't reviving. So when I got to the hospital and started working on me, I knew that there was no reconciliation that was going to happen in my marriage. So I had to work on me for me. And I had to work on me for my son. And I just dedicated my life, you know, at that time to getting better. And I told God, you know, what it, whatever's for me is for me. What you have for me, you have for me. But, I'm not looking for another man. I'm not trying to bring anybody around my son because he's already been traumatized enough. And I just was focused on raising my son to be the best man that he could be, you know, and, and walk Larry. I wasn't even looking, wasn't looking for him. Matter of fact, the way it happened, I dropped my son off to his father after, um, one of my rehearsals and me and my friend, my good friend, we stopped at the gas station to get something to drink. And that's where I met Larry at Speedway in Madison. Really? And he, I mean, yeah. And he, I actually didn't even see him. He, he saw me uh, walk into the gas station to get the pop. Um, and at this time, that's when in Cook County had that sugar tax, and I you had a bunch, you had to carry around a bunch of nickels and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had a handful of change, um, and my goofy behind dropped it. So you know that story. My parents, my uh, my father and my stepmother are uh, retired police officers, so it's been instilled in me to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Well, I you know bent down to pick up this chain and as I stand up there he is behind me and it kind of shook me because I didn't see him enter my space Uh you know and so he waited for me to finish my transaction and asked for you know asked to talk to me asked for my number and we never stopped talking you know funny thing is um 
I was going through a lot, you know, with and I had just found you know, I went through all of my therapy and that's when I just found out that I was actually bipolar and not just depressed. You know, uh, and so I just laid it all on his lap. Maybe day three of us talking. And I just dumped it. I dumped it all out. Day three? I didn't, I didn't think yeah, day three. Because my thing is, if you're going to talk to me, then you need to know me. Because I, I don't like small talk, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time and waste it with somebody who thinks I, I, I'm something that I'm not. Because right now, I'm broken, and I'm trying to heal. I, I, I'm not fixed. So you might see this um, attractive outer shell. You might see this person that you think is whole, but I'm not. And I need you to understand that. And so if you're going to come into my life and try to keep me from healing, and you're not going to help me to grow, you don't need to be here. And so I dumped it, dumped it all on me. And he did not run away. (laughs) That man said, okay, what's next? Wow. What's next? What do you mean what's next? You're supposed to be running. That's what's next. That was surely going to get him to run away, and it didn't. That man committed to me, committed to me and my boyfriend. Um, By the end of August, I had introduced him to my son. And by the end of October, we were married. And we've been married. We just, this past October, made three years. Um, You kind of forgot a part in there about me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't forget a part. She was playing this man. She was playing him. She got a little. I wasn't playing she was a little. She, you know, she was being picky, Banika. She was being picky, Banika. You know what? I have okay, so I got. It. I have a son, and I'm. I want to make sure that things are in order. And yes, I was because you know I had this vision in my head that the man, the next man I got with, was gonna have it all together, you know, and that he was going to be. You know, he was already going to have kids. He was going to be great. He was going to come with his career. And he was going to have his house we could just move into. And that wasn't Larry. You know, unbeknownst to me, Larry was dealing with his own stuff. Um, and so we were actually a blessing to each other. You know, <laughs> you know but that, <laughs> it's, it's part of my testimony because I tell people all the time, you know, to watch watch the, the package. You know, if you judge a, 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 a blessing by its package, you're going to miss your blessing. Yes. And I almost missed my blessing. I almost missed my blessing in my husband because I was too busy focused on the package it came in. My husband, you know, I, I like older men. My husband is five years younger than me. I like tall men. My husband is only a couple inches taller than me. I like uh, slender men. My husband is a big boy. And I'm worried about packing that my blessing is in. And I almost lost it. I almost lost it. And I think, and I have two people, two people to thank for that. That's you 
and it's my friend Tina Watson. Because, uh, yeah, you got me right together. I tell everybody, I laugh about it to this day. And I was like, well, you can tell the story. Go ahead, because you already put it out, put it out there. <laughs> No, I don't want to tell the story. I don't want to take away from this the, the, this moment. I just, you know, I just, I just, it was just a moment where she was just, you know, she was focused on that package. And I was like, girl, if you don't shut the fuck up talking about that shit, girl, what? what, what? It, it was, it was, it wasn't. Nah, let me tell you, what, it wasn't you told, because I told you, because he had asked me, he had asked me for, because uh, he was trying to get, back and forth and wait a minute say that again we kind of lost you say that again he was asking for what no i said he was asking me for some money you know because we were we were both in really messed up situations um and he had i didn't really know that he had just lost his job but he had just lost his job and so he had asked me for a couple dollars um so he could end up getting back to his home in chicago and i was telling Cordy, i was like yeah he didn't ask me for money. We ain't even been talking that long. He don't even have a car. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just saying that I was just saying he was trying to, you know, he had asked for some dollars so he could get back home to Chicago because, you know, I didn't know that he had just, you know, lost his job recently. And I was just telling you that, you know, I was like, man, this man is asking for some money. I said, and he don't even have a car. And you told me you don't have a car either. And I had to shut up. I sure did. I was like, because I did. ain't got no car. <laughs> you know, because so- I was driving my grand, I was driving my grandmother's car because with everything going on, my car had gotten repossessed. And uh, I had no car. I had nothing. But I'm judging him on what he ain't got. I don't even have it driving my granny's car I, I i that didn't make me better you know so yeah you and then um i was at, at one of my rehearsals and i was just outside talking to tina and i was just telling her and she told me to she told me to let this man love me mm. let him love you so yeah larry's here because my friends checked me now, be afraid to be checked by your friends. If they're your real friends, they should be able to check you in love. Period. And y'all don't fall out about it. Period. Because, uh, and the yeah. beauty part about that <laughs> is, t- like, we're, 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 this is the beauty part, y'all. This is the part that's going to get y'all going. So wh- wh- where, are you, where are you now? Uh, In Arizona. She's moved to Arizona. We live in Arizona. In, in where? In what? Uh, in our brand new home that we had built from the ground up. It's never too late, y'all, to start over. It's never, never. too late to start over. And, you know, and when she found her strength, um, she did that. And, you know, she, her family... You know, and I, it's just, it was moved, you know, they're, they're living a really, um, you know, um, good life, you know, with love, with peace. And, you know, he understands her, you know, he accepts her for who she is and vice versa. And it's just great. And, you know, Jaden loves him, you know, and adores him, Yeah. you know, and, you know, that's another beautiful thing about it. So, 
you know, I'm just, I'm so happy for you, friend. Um, you know, we could talk forever, but you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm on the clock. So I know you you're on the time crunch. Mm-hmm. But I want to, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for telling your story. You know, it's, it's a lot. It, it, it was, it's a lot. And I think you just, you, you, you blessed me because I am someone who, you know, I'm very sometimes superficial in what I want. And I do think that, you know, when mm-hmm. we focus so much on that package and we, we focus on the wrapping and, and not what's actually yeah. in the present. And, you know, exactly. we focus on how it's presented to us and, you know, you, 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 you took a chance, you took a chance on love when at a time in your life, you know, it didn't feel like love was there for you. No, you know, and, and, and it's not over. Like, I mean, don't get it twisted. I still struggle. You know, I still struggle. And my husband will tell you to this day, you know, I ask him all the time, why do you even love me? Like, you know, I, and he has to get me together because it's still a struggle for me. You know, I'm not out the woods. I'm just better than what I was. Uh-huh. Um, but I still see my therapist. I still see my doctor. I still take my medicine. And I take care of me. But through therapy, I have learned how to love me and how to exhibit the love to other people. I've learned what triggers me. I've learned what, uh, you know, what I can, you know, can and cannot do. You know, it, it's to take care of my health and my mental you know, and protect my peace. Yes. So it's okay, you know, and I'm, I'm good with it. But just, it ain't all, you know, bells and whistles, but it's much better than where it was. Like I said, millions of women, it's crazy. Yes. Well, Benika, I thank you for taking the time out to speak to me and to tell your story and to show your strength. Um, I think it's going to be very um, beneficial to women women men everyone who's who who you know um wants to grow and learn and know their strength so i thank you and i thank you to my listeners uh, for tuning in this was a great episode great topic and until next time to follow me on social media you can go to instagram i'm very active on instagram um it's cordero underscore santiago follow me on instagram to just stay in touch with everything i'll talk about i'll update you on um the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to i'm so excited that i have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that i've already discussed or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode i have an email address for you to do all of those things the email is darrow dares you at gmail.com so i'll spell that for you darrow d-a-r-o-d-a-r-e-s-u darrow dares you at gmail.com send me an email 